You, can you do a mic check? I can do a mic check. Yes, I can. Okay, it's fine. Um, Stop talking. All right. That's fine. <laughs> okay, shut up. Shut up. That's enough. Quiet, you. Oh. Um... <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Oncast. My name is Dom, as one half of the Oncast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Yes. In this episode, we're talking about an honest-to-God new movie that you can see in UK cinemas right now. And it's called... An American Host. Pickle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, American Pickle. We're not... T- we'll talk about Host maybe later. <laughs> we're talking about An American Pickle. It got a cinema release. It was a film that has been released in 2020... It's directed by Brandon Trost, and it stars Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen. And also Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this got like a full theatrical release. In the States. In the States. No, because... It's because it's a HBO Max production. Yes. Um, and I didn't know that either yet. So when, when you first start watching it, it's got that HBO Max branding on it. HBO Max is obviously the Warner Brothers' new big um, streaming platform they launched this year. Yeah. We don't have it in the UK. Um, and there don't seem to be any plans for them to bring it over here at any point. Not like it's Disney, Sky Atlantic. Yeah, I know, but it's it's all a bit up in the air, isn't it? Because some of the Warner Brothers stuff ends up on Netflix, some of it ends up on Sky, some of it, it's all over. The... Yeah, well, they're saying that like because then there's the whole DC element of it. So yeah, like all, all the DC streaming shows seem to be getting folded into it. But then there's also all in the... America, but not here. Yeah, but then there's all the back catalogue. Anyway. The point is, this is a an original movie they made for their streaming service. Here in the UK, though, it got a cinema release. Yeah. It's been a fairly limited cinema release, but it has been out for about a week or so now, I think. Yeah, so it's being shown... It's, I don't know, it's difficult to sort of compare it to like a, like a limited-run screening because it's not... We're not in a normal world. No, like most not. of the things that are being shown at the cinema at the moment are classic films or low-budget indies or... Films that were supposed to come out, but have come out without, with far less fanfare. Yeah, so basically what seems to be happening at the moment is they've gone back and it's like films that were just released just as the pandemic was about was starting. So like you can go and see the Pixar film Onward, for instance. Mm. You can go and see that at cinema still now. They've sort of put it back out again because... You can see Invisible Man. And... Yeah, and Invisible Man, again, that was one of the last things that came out in like February. You can see that, you can see... Um, like I say, all the classics, like they're putting out all the sort of the Back to the Futures and the Star Wars and the Lord of the Rings, which we've just done. But then also nestled in amongst all that is an American Pickle, which is a new film. Yeah. Um, thank God. And we went to go and see it. Um, so I went in to this film and I did it on purpose because so this is something that you and Hannah were going to see anyway. Um, and I sort of suggested that we could go and see it. But I knew absolutely nothing about it other than all I'd seen was the poster, which is just this sort of sepia-toned image of <laughs> um, Seth Rogen in like old-timey sort of clothes. It's like 19... Well, it's 1920s. 1920s, yeah. Um, and with, you know, the, with a big beard, and it's just called An American Pickle. I knew nothing about it. For all I know, this could have been like a dark, like... Holocaust survivor story. I didn't. <laughs> I literally had no idea. And it's I, called but, An American Pickle. It could have been anything. It literally could have been anything. I, I did not know. I, I thought it could be him. It could be like his comedy actor. list. Yeah, well, no, his comedy actor trying to go serious type role or whatever. Oh, he I, did that with Jobs, didn't he? Yeah, I guess so. But yeah. it is one of those, yeah. Like So 
I can't take any credit for this whatsoever. This was all Hannah. Like, okay. She basically turned around and she was like, have you seen the trailer for the new Seth Rogen film? And I was like, no, that's not a thing because there are no new films. Yeah. And she was like, no, seriously. like." And then pulled it up and we watched it and I was like, okay. Yeah. I think I need to see this. So I purposely, yeah, like say, once once we knew, we said we were going to go see this tonight, I went, should I watch the trailer just so I know what I'm getting myself in for? And I purposely went, actually, no, I'm not going to watch the trailer. I'm going to go in completely cold. Yeah. And it was fucking great. <laughs> yeah, because like, I can't remember the last time I went into a film. Knowing more than I did. With that, well, not even <laughs> not knowing more than you did, but I can't remember the last time I went into a film not knowing what it was going to be. No. And that, that's the same with me. I like, I, I, I wanted. I think that. the closest was maybe the lighthouse. Yeah, but even that, like, you had some idea. Mm. Like, you, know, you knew the basic premise. I didn't even know the premise of this. All I knew yeah. was it stars Seth Rogen, and like, so what the premise is to sort of draw the curtain back is essentially it's kind of like a weird time travel story where a um, 1920s American immigrant played by Seth Rogen falls into a giant vat. <laughs> of pickles <laughs> yeah. and is pickled for a hundred years and then wakes up in modern day, like uh, 2019 <laughs> Brooklyn and then has to navigate the new world with the help of his great, great grandson who is also played by Seth Rogen. Yeah. That's the premise of it. I didn't know that. I had no idea. So the, as the movie starts, it's in four by three and it's all this, um, so, and it's about like the, the, everything's like really like, it's not quite it's in black subtitled. And white. It's most of it's, it's really washed out because yeah. in American cinema, to depict something in Eastern Europe, it has to be like really washed out Gray with a strong out. blue filter over the top. Yeah, and everything. But it's like it's got this weird, like absurdist, like um, the way everything just happened. And it really reminded me of um, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, and it was it's very, got a strong Wes Anderson vibe oh, for definitely. a lot of it, especially well, early on that opening sequence. Yeah, and like the, the way things are like choreographed. Like there's a point where they close up the factory. Yeah, and everything just happens in record time. Yeah, and the way that all happens, like when they get attacked by the Cossacks, and then the Cossacks just come in, burn everything down, and then it's over. Yeah, and it's just like this controlled chaos, and like. And and quite dark humor, like that. Her like his wife's ambition in life is just to own her own gravestone, like that's the kind of money she wants to have. And he's like, <sighs> like this really his, is his goal. Yeah, is and that's to drink seltzer water. Yeah, but like that opening bit, I thought that was going to be the whole film. Yeah, I was like, I was settling myself because that's a good sort of ten minutes or well, no, more than ten minutes. It's good, you know. It's the first opening. Well, it's, yeah, it's bit. a good. It's probably. Because it does book it, so it's about maybe ten, maybe fifteen minutes. Yeah. Because the film is a like I'll get to this in a bit, but like the film is a tight ninety yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There yeah. is no wasted energy. No, absolutely in this film. not. Um, and yeah, so I was sort of settling myself in for this is what it's going to be. It's going to be like yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel type thing. That's the kind of thing it's going to be. I'm expecting it's going to be in four by three pretty much the whole way through, similar to like the lighthouse yeah. and stuff like that, which we saw at the same cinema. That's what I was expecting. And then suddenly there's this there's this piece where he then he get yeah he falls into the the pickle thing, and then they have this like time lapse of all of New York being built up as the screen expands into sixteen by nine, yeah. and everything goes like brightly lit and like and I'll go. Oh shit! That's what this is going to be. Okay, <laughs> this is this is the film we're watching. Okay, right, and it's just everything just changed. But that was such a great feeling to have that 
in the cinema. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Having, not, not knowing that going in. Yeah. Um. So I appreciate that. That was good. Um. There are. I, like, I do want to do that more often because it's just a case of, like, especially with like having the podcast and stuff. Like, it is a case of you, know, you have to, we have to research what we're going to watch, and then we're like, right. We have to sort of get an idea of an understanding of what we're going to see at the cinema because yeah. of how it fits into our schedule and does it relate to anything? Is it a sequel, prequel, remake or reboot? Yeah. And where are we with these sort of films? So it's trouble. It's really tough to be able to do that now. Yeah, um, I appreciate you doing that. And well, it's similar. I think probably so. The next thing we're going to end up talking about is probably going to be uh, Christopher Nolan's new film, which is also is kind of. We're going in quite blind as well, but the difference is that's by design, whereas this is through our own intention or through my own intention anyway mm. of not watching the trailer, whereas with the Christopher Nolan one, I've watched the trailer multiple times. I have no idea what the fuck is going on in that film. <laughs> and, and No idea. No one does. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about that next week. They're going to stop the end of the world by stopping things turning things backwards. I don't understand it, but I, yeah, I can't oh, I wait. don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it though. Yeah. Um, so, American Pickle. Yeah. What do you think? It's a fun little thing, isn't it? Like, it wasn't... It didn't... Speaking completely pragmatically, it didn't do anything particularly new. No, not really. But at the same time, I had great fun with it. Yeah, me too. I really, really enjoyed it. Like, the jokes that they made are a little bit rote, and you can see things happening a mile off. But at the same time, it's just really fun. It's really yeah. silly. It's really fun. The physical comedy that they put in there, Seth Rogen's performance is playing both. Yeah. Um, ben and his grandfather. Uh, his great, 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 great grandfather or great grandfather? It'll be his great grandfather. Great grandfather. Yeah. And um, yeah, like the messages that are in that as well. Like it's. It's really nice and yeah. it's really fun and it's really interesting and it's shot. In just it's shot in just sort of this like quite an intimate way. Yeah. Like there's quite a lot of like close ups. Obviously the way that it has to be made, there are gonna be sort of interesting uses. But yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, it's really good fun. Yeah. Like I would say like, go and see it. Like it's something new that's at the cinema. It's different. It's a good laugh. There yeah, are some I think really good a, jokes in there. I think it's a great um Sort of in in it's a character it's like a character study of these two guys, um and how and it's yeah like I say it is quite bro in the way that is oh they're gonna learn from each other and they're gonna and they're gonna grow as people because they come from two different worlds and you can see it all coming a mile off yeah. but it's also got that whole element of sort of satire in there throughout the whole thing of the things it takes the piss out of just just like hipster culture and like just generally you know twenty nineteen culture like as cancel it, culture yeah well as it was before the world ended and that was quite nice to play in that world again go back to that time. look everyone's just walking around no one's wearing no one's wearing a mask people are walking in whatever direction they want to walk in then like Joe. people are sat next to one another in public uh, yeah and then she said that was quite nice to go oh look look at new york look how cool new york is and it's just like but i love yeah all the like i said the, the cancel culture the idea of of and also just the way they, they so they get into the whole thing of um almost free speech and, and American sort of rhetoric and and public opinion and all that yeah. sort of stuff. They do touch on that a little bit. That's not what the film's about, but there's some subtext in there, which is great and really, yeah. really funny. I thought they were going to go further with it. 
they could have done. I thought, I yeah, at one point when he's, I want to have big office. I was like, I can see where this is going, but they didn't do that. No, um, <laughs> um, they could. I think they could have done. I think there's probably even like a draft of the script where that's what they did. And I'm kind of glad they didn't do that though, because then it would have been, it would have politicized it a little bit too much, I guess. And it would have yeah. been them making a point for the sake of making a point, rather than, and it would have gotten away from the it, heart of the well, film. it being a character study or it being a character piece, if you yeah. like, which is what it is essentially. Um, which I think it makes it a better film for that. Um, if you wanted to do a full-on political send-up type thing, then you make something like. Um, Idiocracy or something of that ilk. Do you know what I mean? Oh, idiocracy. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, we watched it. Oh, yeah. You showed me it, I think. Fucking love that film. Yeah, but they could have gone down that route, but mm. then instead they kept it with the char- with the two characters. And- also, I think it would have felt a little disingenuous. I think it would have felt a bit like it was a... like a boomer generational, hey, young people are dumb, aren't they? Yeah. If If it had gone that far... And they're like, oh, this old man with his old-fashioned sensibilities is coming to say what it's all really about, and it's coming to do this, and it's coming to do this, and, oh, because it worked 100 years ago, and that's how we should be now, Dr. Jordan Peterson sort of thing. Yeah. So, but I think it did it in the right way. And then, yeah, there are things that happen, and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, that's... But then there are things that are a little bit on the nose. Yeah, and but like, like it's it's and self- both sides have turned against this yeah. guy. But that's what I love about it. Like it, it's very self-aware on lots of levels, yeah. on like a political level, on like a on a social commentary level, and on a filmic level as well. Like so, one of the early jokes that I love is just when they have to explain how it is that he survived for that long, and they just they cut away and use the voiceover whilst the whilst the scientist is explaining the science behind it. Yeah, and then it cuts back to the the reporters who were just incredulous and like this can't. They go, oh yeah, no, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Okay, yeah, yeah cool, no, and that's it. This can't be possible. That's preposterous. You can't we possibly expect that. us to believe. And then well, they actually, say, what's ex- the science behind this? Actually, <laughs> yeah. let me explain. And the scientist explains it, but as he's doing it, we just get a voiceover of. And then he explains very carefully to the people how this was able to happen, and no one had any issues with his explanation. It was perfectly accepted by all, and then just cuts back to the reporters. Oh yeah, that's good. That makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. We don't look at it as the audience, but like he know like again, that's another sort of knowing nod to that is the wink of the audience. Like we all know how ridiculous this is. We're not going to spend time on it. It doesn't matter. Just go over there. Like yeah, exactly. And it, like I love the fact that it's that aware of itself and it's going to go right. This is how we're doing it. Yeah. ABC. This is the plot. Get on with it. Like yeah. Um. And it's kind of at that point that that sort of comedy stops a little bit. Yeah, so the the absurdist stuff that was in the beginning, that's kind of the last little piece of it, yeah. if you like. And then and it from starts that... to sort of do a send-up sort of satire of modern culture. Yeah, and particularly like New York, hipster... Brooklyn, like and the like the idea that like this guy becomes successful because he's he's making artisanal pickles, making and, making and selling artisanal pickles out of a cart on the yeah, street. Yeah, and for some reason, people like the way they the way they pitch pickles is like people are just walking around eating pickles. Like that's the yeah. like that's a normal like snack for people to have. But you, like, but you you joke like look at the way things like happen. People are like oh I like they make a joke of like kombucha. Yeah. And it's like it's green tea, and he's like, "Oh, I, I don't know why it's in it, and it kind of tastes like crap." But apparently, it's very good for you. It's <laughs> healthy. 
but like even like the the sort of one of the central concepts of it again is that so the the modern Seth Rogen character yeah. is an app designer, and they set <laughs> they set up immediately this whole sort of cancel culture, um, like you've got to be careful what you say everything's really you know and and um the scrutiny that you're under in sort of modern 20 21st century life by setting up what his app is really early on and his app um was it boop poop or boop boop bop boop bop is essentially you scan a barcode of a product and it will give you a score for the company who makes that product about how ethical ethical they are which is actually an interesting idea. Really and I'm, as I was sat there watching it, I'm going, how is that not already a thing? Now I'm thinking about it. Because like, de- there will be such a demand for that. And I'm just amazed that that's, that, that is like a massive... Yeah. Um, but then again, like they've got, they have a great way of sort of undermining that when you get... I won't spoil exactly what it is that happens, but the reason why that doesn't take off yeah. is perfect. And it comes naturally as part of the story. And that was one of the best little bits of writing, I thought. Mm-hmm. And it was actually... And they go... Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense why that would happen. Yeah. So like, and but also it's it's done in such a reasonable way that you'll go, oh, okay, yeah. But then they make it. There's like an immediate joke right afterwards when they're like, oh, maybe you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh fuck. They just okay. go. <laughs> they just go. Oh, look, you know, maybe you can't do this, but maybe you should do social media because everyone who does that is a monster. And so, no, like, uh, oh, maybe you could do something that bad people do, like no, 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 get into social media. Yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, the, the, again, like that self-awareness, but it doesn't. It never dwells too much. It doesn't. It's not like it's targeting certain yeah. things and deciding to, to properly skewer things in a way that something like a South Park episode or or whatever yeah. would do, where they go, they're going after something and they go, right, this is a fucking character assassination yeah. of. Zuckerberg or Trump or whoever it happens to be. Instead, they just make passing reference to it and they're scathing sort of like yeah. indictments of them and then just move on with the story they're telling. Yeah, it's because that's the thing. It's not even. It's not even that it's that scathing. It's just like a laconic look at it and you go, okay, yeah, and it makes you go, oh, I get what they've done there. Yeah, and it's true, but also it's funny. Yeah, and it goes to show like the evolution of um, Seth Rogen's comedy. Yeah. Because you know, five years ago, it would have been full of dick jokes and yeah, there was no dick jokes, not one reference to weed at any point during no. this entire movie. He never does the laugh. No, um, and he like honestly, I think the thing that sells it and make and sort of elevates it is his performance, mm-hmm. both from a comedy point of view and also a more sort of downplayed, almost dramatic. I wouldn't say dramatic. I think dramatic is a bit of a strong word. Yeah, but serious ish. Like some of the like he gets a couple of emotional moments and he yeah. sells them really well. Um, so that you buy into the character enough to give a shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're not, you're not just when there's character stuff happening, you're not just waiting for the next joke. You're yeah. invested enough, and that's because of his performance. Um, and I think they do that really well. Um, and again, it sort of talks about faith in a way and and Jewishness. Yeah. Um, again, doesn't lay doesn't labour on anything. No. It just pays passing. But that's what that's what I was kind of sort of getting back to what I was saying earlier is that. Everything is in this is. I think they were told to make a ninety-minute film. Yeah. Which is why it is what it is. Yeah. I think if this was going to be a theatrical release, or whilst he was shift shopping around for someone to help make this film, he got to HBO Max or Warner, and they went, "Yeah, but it's got to be ninety minutes." 
Mm. Or they've Warner have approached him and said, "We've got this script. We'd like you to work on the write this film and work on this film, uh, but it needs to be ninety minutes because it is precisely ninety minutes, mm. and it is very, very it's as tight as a drum." <laughs> Like, there is no weakness no. in that film at all. There's no like dragging moment. I went in, the film booked it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the writer. So basically this was um it was written by a guy called Simon Rich, who's worked on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um and he bet he wrote a short story um called Sell Out and he yeah. and then this is a screenplay that he wrote off the back of that. So oh, it was okay. entirely his thing. Um but the other um interesting credit that he's got as a screenwriter is Inside Out. The Pixar film, yeah. He so he's the, the screenwriter on that, which is an amazingly written film as well. So fair play, and you can see elements of that. Like, yeah, you can see that there is definitely you know intelligence in in the in the script and yeah. sort of. There's like an emotional intelligence to it as well. Like yeah. When you, when you look at, especially now, comparing it to something like Inside Out, you can see that now. Now that I said that, that doesn't surprise me that much. No. It's interesting, but now thinking about it, I go, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Given the way he does things. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say <laughs> too much about it, really. One thing I noticed in the credits was Michael Piccino. Oh, yeah. Like, he didn't, he didn't, I don't know if he broke the score, but he was credited as coordinate. I think, yeah, so the, I think the music, because the music did stand out to me a little bit, because they do a really good job of, like, punctuating, like, m- certain moments with the score, particularly where Herschel's concerned. Yeah. Is it Herschel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so whenever he like something dramatic happens or or something that he considers to be dramatic that no one else does around him, yeah. there's some big like bit like stab of score <laughs> as you see his facial expression change <laughs> and just like yeah they use that really well and it's like comic timing within just the use of score which I haven't really seen before yeah. but that was done that was done really well um, and Giancino he's that dude's a genius I love that. I love every score that he's, <laughs> honestly he's for those who don't know he does stuff like. He's done a lot of the Marvel movies. Does that? He's done the last two Spider Mans. He also did Rogue One. He did, which was he's an amazing seen, score. I think Michael Pacino is the next. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's John Williams comparable to John Williams or that's like, a big shout, isn't it? I mean, he is really in a way. He doesn't have like the sweeping epic mm. or the Philharmonic behind him like John Williams does, and he doesn't have the the raw sort of synth sort of power as someone like Zimmo, but he's got such an amazing control over um, I don't know, like this really sort of like emotional strength that mm. exists within his like It's like pace, like because like, the other thing you do now I'm thinking of is um the Star Trek films. Yeah. So okay, so the score was composed by somebody called a lady called Naomi Melomad. Mm. And the original themes are done by Michael Pacino. There you go. But he, um, he's fucking brilliant. Like he's, yeah. like, he's the person that was responsible for the new Star Trek theme. Yeah. Did Ratatouille, War for the Planet of the Apes, The Incredibles. Um, he did Avengers Endgame. He did Coco. He did Cars 3. Uh, let's just do a quick buzz over some of the some of the 143 credits that he has, mm. including 2021's The Batman. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's like Star Trek, Spider-Man Far From Home, Bad Times at the El Royale, The Incredibles, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and uh, Jurassic World, 
Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Tale of the Kite, Zootopia, uh, Inside Out, Tomorrowland, Jupiter Ascending, or maybe I think that's them saying. But yeah, just so many, so many. The guy is absolutely prolific. Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible, Fifty Fifty. So many of these things. Yeah. He's just unbelievable. Yeah. and yeah, and the same with so the director is an interesting one. So uh, this is his first um, yeah. feature debut. Basically, he's never directed a film before. Um, so no, he's been a cinematographer on several like um, Seth Rogen films. So like, he yeah. was the cinematographer on This Is the End and stuff like that. But he's never actually directed a movie before. He's directed episodes of TV. This is the first movie he's ever directed. And given that, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I got. Again, given the the switch in styles, like midway through, you know, well, not midway through, towards the beginning, that he apes that style perfectly in terms of like setting the tone with the whole sort of Wes Anderson esque stuff, yeah. And the and like say the um the comic timing of of where he chooses to use the music and and everything about it, and given that tight ninety minute structure, yeah. And I think it's, yeah, like for someone who's never directed a movie before, this is really good. It is amazing. And like, and you can, I mean, you can see as well, like when you the, the direction is really good because it shows a lot of for a film that's about the one man playing two men. Hmm. There's a lot of time that's spent incredibly close up to their faces. Yeah. That's a difficult thing to pull off as well. I mean, there are lo- there are loads now of that. There's like almost a subgenre unto itself where it's actors playing against themselves for whatever reason yeah. it happens to be. Um, but there's been loads of different techniques involved in doing it. Like they'd have to, you know, composite shots of two different, or, you know, film two sides of the conversation separately, which takes yeah. a lot of time and effort. And again, as not an easy thing to pull off as a no. first time director and he's, and he nailed it. So, yeah. And that's the thing, because you are looking at the same performance like fluctuating performances of different people within the same room. Yeah. And then you have so to figure having out how to, to edit it. Yeah, because you've got to act against somebody else. So you can't act against yourself because you're going to be playing the other person. So you have to act against somebody else that's not going to be acting in the same way. So how do you lead that double? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, again, one of the, one of the, uh, another example of film like this is directed by Richard Ayoade. It's called The Double, I think. And it stars Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg, right. Because there's that. that I was thinking there was one called The Devil's Double, which is Dominic Cooper playing two two Dominic Coopers. Really? Yeah. And that, do you know what that is? The Devil's Double is about Saddam Hussein's son. Really? And and his his decoy. Right. And both played by Dominic Cooper. Right. That's what that is. Then there's the one that I always think of. Oh, he wrote The Double. My apologies. But that's... Uh, so he would have written that based off of the, I think it's, I think it's Tchaikovsky. No, he was the composer. Was it? Wait. Or maybe I'm thinking of the idiot. Oh God, maybe I'm the idiot. What's happening here, Dom? Falling down a well of despair. I will make you look like an idiot. (laughs) I will do great violence against you. Um. Uh, but yeah it's uh, oh yeah no Aoadi directed it as well but it is um, so it's Jesse Eisenberg Dostoevsky sorry Fyodor Dostoevsky so um, yeah it's a man playing opposite himself but he's almost like a projection of himself yeah so he's he works at a company and then all of a sudden a new person starts played by Jesse Eisenberg and he is 
the the embodiment of what he would want to be. So he's yeah. the he's the cocky one. He's the one that's like he's taking control. Tired and, of kind of yeah, and that's the thing. Like he's like the the confident one and the one that's getting the promotion. And the, isn't there another film like that with um, Michael Cera? Well, there's two different Michael Cera. Uh, it's yeah, so that's like an no because there's not two different ones. It's the same guy. But yeah, but he's assuming a different personality. Yeah, it's split personality, isn't it? But anyway, the, the point, the point, uh, the other one, the one that I always go to and that I think is the benchmark um, is Moon. Yeah. Where Sam Rockwell versus Sam Rockwell. That's the fucking, I love that film. We, we, we should cover that one day. For when, I've, yeah. Next I... time Duncan Jones does a movie, we should, we should go back and watch Moon. Yeah. Um, because that's, I love that film. I can honestly tell you, I've probably, that's the most common film that I've fallen asleep to. So, having been someone that struggled with insomnia for a few years, I used to put certain things on to mm. go to sleep because the regularity just bored me to sleep. But with Moon, I would put it on because it was so calming. Yeah, it's the score, isn't it? It's so much. It's the score. It's the fact that everybody's very quietly spoken. There is one scene where people Pretty raise shouts. their voice, yeah. and that's it. Mm. And that bit, I got to a point where I wouldn't even stir for that bit anymore. Like yeah. I would just fall asleep to that film so many times I love it I think it's amazing it's one of it's one of the finest performances that Sam Rockwell's done oh yeah that's the what he should have won the Oscar for really I mean he won well he won for um, three billboards Justin Hammer no he won for three billboards yeah then when he came out to accept his Oscar he did the Justin Hammer dance <laughs> it was a hell of a lot better than some cheerleaders I'll tell you that um, <laughs> we've gone on a massive tangent anyway American Pickle um, really good Solid, well-performed, well-directed, well-scored, yeah. well-written, etc. Really tight, solid yeah. movie. And we saw it in... So we saw it in like a very small, intimate cinema that's like puts out like a lot of art house or mm. like smaller films rather than sort of vast IMAX, super loud. Mm. And I think it worked better. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it would have lost something. I think it would have lost its intimacy or... Yeah. Like for lack of sound, for the concern of sounding like one of the New York hipsters, like a loss of maybe a bit of its authenticity if it was done in like this massive. It's so authentic. It uses <laughs> rainwater and reclaimed jars. Um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, I feel like, and again, to me, this is this is something we've sort of been talking about all this year because most of this year has been um, streaming movies. Yeah. Uh, and this is essentially, although it did get a cinema release here in the UK, it was made for a streaming service mm-hmm. by a streaming service in America. So, and this is another example, I think, in the in the good column, if you like, where it's yeah. fostering new talent, allowing a first time director to direct, and you know, and this writer who's written on animated films and all the rest of it, and giving a platform for Seth Rogen to show him show some yeah. different stuff, and he does all those things. So this is a a tick in the box for. Yes, it's, streaming services are good. Yeah, and then for, but for every one of these, there'll be a old guard where it's just, well, that's generic and boring. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, but like because they'll but there'll be like two of those. I think because be, there'll be ones that you just haven't heard of. Yeah, exactly. There'll be another warrior nun TV show. Yeah, or cursed or things that just. I mean, obviously they're not for us, but at the same time, it's just one of those things that you're like, oh, you're putting a lot of money in this. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, it, it's interesting. I think maybe it, that'd be quite a good thing to do. Maybe towards the end of the year, when we when we come to to tot it all up, to go right. These are what all the platforms have offered us this year because this is the year of the gas leak where there haven't really been any yeah. movies. So it's like right. So Prime has put out this, 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 and this. Most of them have been crap. Netflix has put out all these. Their hit ratio. How many have been yeah. good? How many have been bad? Like that. And again, so like you know, Extraction was a good example of a first time director. Fight choreographer, great you know excellent do that yeah project power looks like an absolute pile of shite but we'll watch it anyway yeah but like but like that's the i'll still go back to the thing that i'll say about extraction is that it's been done like i appreciate the fact that it's like a direct to netflix and it's like yeah. netflix is john wick and uh it's their own ip that's in that vein and it's the dc to amazon's marvel or whatever mm. But there are things that are fresh that are coming out. Yeah. And that's what I think is better here is that because we're not getting generic action films, we're not getting another The Old Guard or another Extraction or another Six Underground or no, whatever I... it's called and all of that sort of just guff, filler, Fast yeah. and Furious style yeah, junk. Yeah, I think this this might end up being one of the better ones that well, again if we are able if we get at the end of the year and talk about the sort of what's been the best streaming film this year this will stand up because i think the strength of streaming stuff should be in the the writing and yeah. the originality of it that's where it should be rather yeah. than trying because what the others do like extractions and stuff like you say what they're trying to do is compete with things with cinematic stuff yeah and they and they're, and they're not like that's not the best platform to do it if you're if using this platform what you should be fostering is originality and yeah. in content creation absolutely and like finding newer voices mm. you know like i know you didn't enjoy it so much but like the vast of night for example yeah and like things like that you see on um like i don't know if i have i think i've probably mentioned it 10 20 times now but i've picked up a shudder subscription yeah on amazon prime and it's like it's five pounds extra a month but for every two films I watch, that's a massive boon. That's like, I would have rented those films yeah. through Google Play or whichever streaming service or watched it on something else. Mm. And you see some really, really cool stuff in there. And you see things that aren't like, they're not perfectly worked out. Then, mm. And you can see why they're not in theatres and yeah. then why they're not spectacular big releases. But there's something about them. Yeah. And that's what I say with this, is if this came out in the cinema, like as a full release, people would have been like, I don't think that many would have, people would have seen it. No, it's niche, isn't it? It's a little bit, yeah. Because I imagine like, yeah, sort of Seth Rogen fans going, expecting something like Pineapple Express or yeah. like Superbad or whatever would be disappointed by this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got, there is a, there's a bit, it's smarter than that. It's yeah. Better, do you know what I mean? It's better than that. And that's the thing. Not it's, that I don't. It's, I like it's not, Superbad and yeah. Pineapple Express. Just, just to put it out there, I'm not saying those are bad films by any stretch. No, they are, but they're this, great at what they are. But this but is very this different. Is this different. has got a little bit more heart to it. This yeah. has got a little bit more. It's silly, but in a more mature way. Yeah. And it throws in a little bit of absurdist comedy at the start, mm. but then it dials that back before it starts to get to the real message. Yeah. Whereas if something like this was on Netflix, then it, I. Th- feel that it would have been like absurdist the whole way and yeah maybe yeah like he would have punched a baby at a rally or something yeah um or stuff like that but i think yeah long like long live the streaming original film to be honest because for every like you say for every one of these we're probably going to get two extractions 
Yeah, well, again, like the, the, I think the closest comparison for this, then I guess, and then he just reminded me with the, the, the punching the baby, um, is um, Netflix's comedy, which was um, Eurovision. Yeah. So compare this to Eurovision. Yeah. And it's like American Pickle wins. Yeah. That every, oh, absolutely. Every day of the week. Yeah. For for lots of reasons. Like Eurovision was fun. Yeah, but, but like, it was a very different comedy. But at the same time, it's this was funnier. I think. Yeah. Genuinely funnier and had and had that bit of heart in it as well um so yeah anyway that's Ameri- yeah. that's an american pickle. that's american pickle um stick with us after the credits or after the <laughs> um tag we will talk about another film um i say film in the looser sense of the word there's another thing that we watched this week but first we'll talk about it briefly <laughs> um next week um we're hopefully going to be going and seeing um tenet yeah tenet tenet Stop calling it Tenet. It's not a net. Tenet. 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 Yeah. What am I saying? Tenet. 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 It's, it's so weird. Anyway, <laughs> right. Tenet. Tenet. Yeah. It's like a measurement. It's what the word. Anyway, I, we're going to go and see I'm Tenet. Just, just the, even the name of it confused me before we even seen the thing. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So we're going to go and see the next of movie. I've been excited about this for a long time. I, I think I first called it out like way before the you know before this year even started. Now it's got even more significance because it's the first major blockbuster to be out after this you know pandemic. And for a lot of people, they're still not able to go and see it. I know a lot of states in America still have lockdowns in place, and we there are certain measurements and things that have to be in place for us to go and see it next week. But we are going to try and go and see it, and we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime, if you are watching anything on any of the streaming services that we've missed, let us know. Um, let us know if you get a chance to go and see American Pickle, which I would recommend you do. Um, I would recommend it as well, yeah. Definitely do it. Then, yeah, let us know what you think of that. Um, and other than that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I really liked Host. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Just, I really like the fact, if it, right, so what I will say, so to explain this to any listeners that are hanging on for the bonus episode, uh, Host is a found footage horror film that was conceived, written, directed, produced, and edited, and distributed all within 12 weeks. Yeah, it shows. And (laughs) uh, during lockdown. So... Yeah, they put this put this film together and put it out, and yeah, there are some like rough edges to it, mm. but I thought it was really good. Mm. I had a really good time with it. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated it. Like it's it's this is a, it's a personal preference thing to be honest because I have always hated fucking like paranormal like the paranormal activity movies. Right. And just all that, like that crap. Like I remember going to see the first paranormal activity at the cinema and there was just, I was sat there with a bunch of people and then people like screaming because something moved and I'm sat there laughing because it's just like, it's the dumbest, it's the most cheap jump scare bollocks and I fucking hate it. And then they add to that. What else do you hate? Well, at the moment, I fucking hate doing everything in my life over a fucking Zoom call. Mm. I hated doing it when I had to do it socially. I hate now that that's my entire work life, nine to five every day. All I do is look at Zoom calls and watch and and the all the problems that come with that, i.e. people talking over one another, feedback loops, people using fucking annoying backgrounds, all that shit. And they just cram that all. So like 
it's a genre that I hate. It's presented in a way that I hate. <laughs> it's just, it, I, I, yeah, everything about it, I fucking hated it. And then, and then it becomes what all found footage movies end up becoming, which is just women screaming and crying into a camera for like <laughs> 90 minutes, nonstop. They take their cameras everywhere they go, inexplicably. It makes no fucking sense why they film everything. I, I, the, the characters themselves are fucking irritating. There's not one likable one in the lot. Um, yeah, I hated it. I fucking hated it. I hated everything about it. Oh, look, the American one is, is taking it all really seriously and the British lot are taking the piss. That's original. We've never seen that before. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, it's brilliant. I hate it. I hate but it. Yeah. I hate it. So conceptually, it's um, about a group of friends who do a seance on a Zoom call. Or oh, something else I hate. Seance. Really? As a concept. Fucking stupid. <laughs> and it's like, oh, there's all the, a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> We're going to do a seance. Oh, gonna be so-. And then something, oh, but then something weird happens because they didn't respect it. Again, how many fucking times have we seen that done? How many times where they go, oh, we're going to read from this book. And it's like, oh, and they're going to do it in a funny voice. It's like, cut it out, Tina. There's always one who takes it seriously. And they go, oh, what are you scared about, you big baby? And then they, they're the first one to die. And then everyone dies horribly. Like, again, I've seen this done so many fucking times. Doing it over a Zoom call doesn't make it innovative and clever. It just means that you did it on a fucking shooting budget. And you, oh, God. <laughs> It's the same shit, just presented in a different package, and a package that we're all fucking sick to our back teeth of seeing. Uh, that's what I liked about it, though. Yeah, like I liked the fact that it was. I, I do you know what I really enjoyed was this the is fact a turd that it has to be reheated. It was. It wasn't the fact that it was like a reheated turd. It was just. It was the fact that it was present, and it was like this is happening right now. Yeah, and see, this I'm, is the world that we live in. And yes, we're all fed up of seeing this. But I'm too close to it. If this has come out next year. Yeah, and it would be oh yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember when you used to get feedback these? And there would there would be a little bit of nostalgia. It's too close right now. <laughs> I'm literally I'm still fucking sick of it. We're still in the middle of it. Yeah, it's pissing me off. And I'm d- like, d- you put it out 2021. Yeah, and again, and it's and it's relevant and it's like yeah, like say it's got that nostalgic element. Oh yeah, do you remember when all our lives were conducted through this fucking app, which yeah. none of us had heard about until like six months ago. <laughs> Do you remember that when everything had to, and then we had to like admit you into the uh, waiting room? Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course I fucking remember it. I did it yesterday. <laughs> <sighs> Wankers. Oh, I didn't realise you hated it this much. No, and yeah, oh, I hate just. I, but like any version of this, so like yeah, when it's like it's paranormal activity, and you were sat, just sat there watching like night vision camera for like five minutes, and then a door will move by itself and everyone freaks out and it's like that is that it is that literally what is that this is what cinema is now is it we're literally just going to watch an inanimate object move and we're all meant to be impressed by that and scared by it are we fuck you fuck you <laughs> do better <laughs> i no fuck that no absolutely fuck that do better some of the stuff that was done in this that's like in camera effects and some of these really uh, like the way that the jump scares happen, like spoiler alert, obviously they end up getting haunted. Yeah. Um, but guess what? Someone doesn't respect it enough. And uh, the way I mean, that it I, mean ha- I don't know why they didn't just have one of the teenagers having sex and then just have them killed. Like if you're going to do every fucking trope in the book, you may as well go the full fucking hog. 
<laughs> but that's what I mean is that like it's got the conventions in there. It's got the codes. Mm-hmm. It's got the same things that you're going to understand. But it did things in a cool way. And the fact that it was... I respect it from like a filmic perspective as well is that the fact that they've done all of this in lockdown. Yeah. No, I, like yeah. they've done all of this stuff like the the visual effects. Like there's a scene where somebody hears a noise in their loft. So they, yeah, and, and, so they and she's too afraid to go up there. So she goes and gets a selfie stick out of the drawer and then she puts that up there and yeah. moves it around. That's the first thing I'd do, yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, and then you're like, oh, okay, so, and oh, then it, something, and then they see something in there, mm. they but then they, they go back within seconds and it's gone, mm-hmm. and you're like, right, that's quite well done because that's clearly been shot like on an iPhone, and it's done in a really interesting way. And the stuff, how things are that's, presented, that's, no, that's just pa- panning past a door, seeing a face, and then panning past the same door, and not seeing a face again. No, it's been done a million times before. I know what you're saying; it's done in seconds, but you can do that on an iPhone these days. That's yeah, but not... you can do that. You can do so much, and there's um, unsane, like Claire Foy film. That oh, yeah. entire film was Soderbergh. filmed on an iPhone, yeah. um, or on a series of iPhones. And that there's other things that happen in this, not just that, for example, but there are a lot of other things that happen in there. And it's the the combination of being able to do it in like a lo-fi way. Mm. It's so, a celebration yeah. of the lower lower budget film, but it's presented in this new packaging that's given it a slightly more interesting edge than seeing Paranormal Activity again. It's reconceptualizing the found footage in a way that we are all seeing the world now. And it's taking that fear of not being able to go outside and not being able to do these things and reframing it slightly in the frustrations that people feel. And there's a hair right in front of me on the microphone that was really distracting. Um, but yeah, I just really, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really silly. It was really fun. So I didn't get why <laughs> there's a bit where there's a girl who's really afraid and she's hiding under a blanket, but the, the filter part, just keeps popping back on she gets this weird snake face yeah that, that actually okay that's one thing that i did the one part that i did thought was quite good which is when they had that, that filter effect on something that wasn't there yeah that was quite a clever use of yeah. the technology okay i'll get i'll give it that yeah and you're but like then, that's cool and then there's the girl yeah who spends the entire movie underneath her but so what i'm watching as a cinematic experience is 90% of the screen taken up by the inside of someone's duvet and a little smidge of just her eye. I'm like, why am I watching this? What What, what is this? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I I really liked it. Okay. And it's like, because I like the fact that like you didn't know where to look next. And you're like, okay, is something going to happen? on Because there are five or six screens on at a time. Hmm. And then, yeah, it's just low budget, silly... Yeah. nonsense but it was really fun and i really yeah i didn't love it but at the same time i had a lot of fun with it so it's one of the better things that i've watched during lockdown as some on like horror streaming that's original yeah because there's a lot of crap out there yeah there is yes there is <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean that's just a, an, obviously an agree to disagree on that one. I'm not going yeah, to. Neither of us are going to convince the other one. I just, yeah, for several reasons. There's lots of prejudices I have, or like there's certain things that I really don't like about the horror. Generally, I'm not a really big horror fan. 
Yeah, and I'm and you're you're much more steeped in the horror stuff, so I get that. That's fine, but for me, like it's just it's the tropes and the roteness of it all just it makes me roll my eyes. And then on top of that, my least favorite subgenre of horror will be the found footage, paranormal activity, watching someone's house for hours on end for a chair to move. Yeah, I hate that. I I did that. That's the, the the thing that. I'm not a massive fan of horror, and that's the biggest bit of horror that I don't like, and that's what this film is. <laughs> Added to all the doing it over Zoom to me isn't innovative; it's just irritating. Yeah, um, but I appreciate no, I appreciate the artistry of it and all the rest of it. I appreciate putting it together. Must have been an absolute pain in the ass to do. Um, yeah, we can like mo- most of us have had frustrating where you can barely keep a, a conversation going on Zoom between five people, let alone trying to film a movie on it. So I could, I appreciate the effort that's put into it. I get it, but also at the same time, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah. I think we should call it that. Yeah, there are, I'm going to send you a list of all these other things that you should watch. <sighs> I'm not watching anything. Some are shudder. Fuck rubbish. Ah, uh, some are brilliant though. I'm trying to think, what's one of the best things I watched on Shudder recently? Which like it's just again it's like watching a student film. It's like oh we're gonna make a horror film where we run around in the woods because <laughs> yeah, we've all seen Blair Witch. Fuck off. Do something else. Anything else. Literally anything else. <laughs> you know why you do that? Because it's fucking easy. That's why. Because <laughs> uh, it requires no writing. You can just it's a fucking piece of piss. That's why you do that. <laughs> we're gonna create atmosphere. How? We're gonna make it look like a Zoom call. Listen, I'm not going to argue with you, yeah, but mate. you're somebody that enjoys Fast and Furious films. Yeah, I do. At least, if, at least I'm looking at something. I'm not just looking at the inside of a fucking duvet for <laughs> ten minutes. For fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <dear. laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>